Welcome to Dig This, NUCA's podcast and our sixth episode. I'm Robert Baylor, Director of Communications at NUCA, and with me, as always, is Zach Jordan, our staff writer and podcast engineer. Glad to be here, Bob. It's a summer and an election year, so Congress's focus is on its appropriations bills for fiscal year 2023. Last month, the U.S. House passed the Water Resources Development Act, or WERDA, on a 384-87 vote. This biannual industry bill provides $25.3 billion in financing for U.S. Corps of Engineer projects. And according to Nuka Friend and House Committee Chairman Representative Peter DeFazio, this is the largest WERDA bill since it was first introduced in 2014. Nuka supports this bill and its promises ahead for the industry. The Senate is hoping to vote on it before it breaks for its summer recess on August 5th. July also saw OSHA announcing enhanced enforcement initiatives directed towards reducing increased fatalities recorded this year in trench accidents. 22 workers have died this year from trench-related incidents, up from last year's 15 trench fatalities. One death is too many, and NUCA supports OSHA and OSHA's enforcement of regulations designed to protect our employees from the known hazards of trenching and excavation. Some of these terrible incidents have involved those outside the profession, such as farmers or plumbers, but each one of these accidents could have been prevented with today's safety equipment and safety training. Our industry and all NUCA members are very aware of the dangers found in underground excavation. NUCA teamed up just last month with OSHA to promote our annual trench safety stand-down to all members. As of last week, our 2022 stand-down program received reports from 292 companies instructing 18,488 employees at 1,480 job sites on what to do to stay safe on our job sites. Zach, we've got a few safety events ahead in the next 120 days, don't we? Yeah, we sure do, Bob. Our safety department is holding the 2022 Train the Trainer course in Coppell, Texas on August 23 through 26. If any of our members have any employees seeking to become NUCA certified instructors or just refresh their skills and training, we still have space available. Contact our safety director, Mike Flowers, at mike at nuca.com to get registered. Next, our annual safety directors forum is happening in Denver, Colorado, November 17th and 18th. It's the best event in the nation for our industry safety directors and managers to network, learn, and discuss safety best practices. We'll have several nationally recognized safety experts on hand for discussions focused on today's trending safety topics affecting the industry. And additionally, we're combining our 811 one-call meeting and damage prevention meeting with the forum as well. So there's a lot for our safety experts to check out in Denver. You can go to nuka.com SDF for a complete schedule and to register for the event. Thanks, Zach. Let's jump right into the first segment of this month's Dig This podcast. Supply chain issues have been affecting our industry since last fall. We're not alone. Many other industries, such as car manufacturers, are also reporting shortages, delays, and low inventories. NUCA has been at the forefront of seeking solutions to these issues for our members. We've been seeking temporary waivers from the Biden administration from having to exclusively use domestic sources for certain finished construction materials. NUCA has also been working with the White House's Infrastructure Office to help the executive branch understand what industry materials are in short supply, the long delays in sourcing certain items such as castings, importing delays, and all the other issues you've encountered in your project and their timeline. Our national partners have helped us with this White House and congressional work. When I was putting this month's podcast together, I knew I wanted to talk to Corin Maine. 
Corn Main supplies hundreds of our members with the materials they need to finish water and sewer line installations, stormwater systems, and every aspect of water and wastewater treatment plants. Their staff has also been invaluable in helping us provide to the White House critical information to help them understand our delays and supply shortages and help NUCA answer questions about what could be done to solve this crisis. They're also on the ground every day talking to our members about this dilemma and what they are themselves experiencing in sourcing the materials needed to complete our members' orders. I'm happy to welcome our guest, Mr. Jack Schaller, President of Waterworks for Corps in Maine. Jack, welcome to NUCA's podcast and many thanks for joining us today. Core in Maine supplies many industry-specific products to the utility construction industry. What are the current supply chain issues you are noticing affecting contractors, and how is inflation affecting the cost of doing business? Hey, thanks for the question. I'm glad to, to join the, the podcast here. Uh, supply chain issues have been challenging for dis- distributors these past 12 months. Historically, there have been isolated products that have had supply chain issues for various reasons but never have we seen supply chain issues across nearly every major product category in the water and sewer industry. Many of the myriad of products that we supply have incurred long lead times and rapid price escalations. We've been proactive in communicating these issues to our customers and working diligently with them to coordinate deliveries in a timely manner to ensure the customers have all the material they need for the efficient completion of their job. This has required us to coordinate many supplier deliveries with different lead times and assemble all the material in the time frame needed. Rapid material inflation has also certainly been an issue, but we have been continually communicated this to our customers and work diligently to communicate these price increases, the reasons for them, and the effective dates of the increase. What is Core and Maine experiencing itself when procuring wholesale supplies for inventory and your customers? Well, as a leading distributor, national distributor, we have not been immune to supply chain issues. However, our size and scale has helped us procure products and our nationwide network of stocking branches in 48 states have allowed us to get needed products in a more timely manner. Our longstanding and excellent relationships with our vendor partners are an advantage when supply chain issues escalate. Well, no one can accurately predict when all the supply chain and logistic issues affecting American commerce will be completely solved. Are you looking at specific timeframes when certain products may become more available than in the past 12 months? Yeah, although we cannot accurately predict when supply chain issues will normalize, uh, we certainly continue to monitor when supply and demand will level off. The supply chain issues will not all disappear at once. Demand, along with the vendor's ability to efficiently produce product, will be the drivers on when product lead times will improve. Our contractors rely upon your company's expertise and personal knowledge of the industry to help them complete their projects. How is Corn Maine helping contractors address their material needs? Yeah, our tenured staff with their industry knowledge is a differentiator. Our outside sales reps, our inside sales reps, our managers, our warehouse personnel are among the most experienced in the industry. Their knowledge of the local specification ensure the contractors apply the proper material. Their product knowledge helps the contractor value engineer projects with alternative ideas that may save them time and money. We have local experience and service nationwide. Our industry experience, size and scale, and over 300 stocking locations are an advantage to our customers in delivering their material needs. We have one of the largest product offerings in the industry and are a one-stop shop for your material needs. Nuke is grateful for your company's strong support of our programs for our members in the industry. What's next for Corn Maine? At Corn Maine, we're committed to the dewater and the sewer industry. Uh, we'll continue to support industry organizations like NUCA and promote the industry. We have a robust training curriculum 
custom tailored to educate our associates to become experts that add value to the industry. With our aging infrastructure and the constant need for repair and replacement, Corn Main will continue to provide the best quality and breadth of products, trusted, knowledgeable experts with local expertise and best service in the industry. Our vision is to foster a world where communities thrive because our people provide safe, sustainable infrastructure for generations to come. Thank you for joining us today on Dig This, Jack. Thank you. Corn Main and its legacy companies have been strong supporters of NUCA for years. We are grateful for their sponsorship of our Washington Summit and many other NUCA services. Corn Main's products are integral to building and maintaining our water and wastewater systems, and their expertise is helping our nation's leaders discover solutions to today's supply chain crises. You can find out more about Corn Main at their website, cornmain.com. Supply chains are long and intricate processes. Materials are created by a company's factory and then introduced into the transportation system to be delivered to a wholesaler or to a job site. Each component is inventoried, tracked, handled, invoiced, and sent to the end user, in this case, a NUCA member. Government plays a part in that process, too. They are coming from overseas, tariffs are levied on goods at different rates. If they are domestically manufactured, they are subject to buy American regulations that sometimes don't fulfill the intent of Congress. There are also transportation and environmental regulations hindering the use of our industry's building blocks. Zach Bricotti has been officially representing Anuka on Capitol Hill and in the federal regulatory agencies since 2019. He's joining us today for an update on Nuka's work with the White House in addressing supply chain issues affecting all American businesses. Zach, it's great to have you back on Dig This. Thanks for having me again, Bob. What has Nuka been doing this year to help the federal government understand our industry's supply chain issues? So this really all goes back to uh, some of the conversations that we had in the lead up to and then during our Washington summit. We uh, formed a pretty strong connection with the White House's infrastructure team that's in charge of implementing the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, or IIJA for short. Um, And during our conversations with them, a lot of the issues around Uh, by American requirements that were contained in that legislation came up. The federal government has a pretty monumental task ahead of itself in categorizing what is and what is not required under that law. Uh, And so we started to have some conversations with the Office of Management and Budget about uh, by American issues in general, but then supply chain issues going beyond that. You know, obviously the two issues are are really intrinsically linked. Um, We've started to talk with some of our associate members and some of our contractor members. If we haven't spoken to you yet, go ahead and reach out to us because we'd love to hear from you about some of the challenges that they're facing right now in all aspects of the supply chain, from production all the way down to receiving orders at the contractor level and putting those products in the ground. So we've started talking with Congress and the administration about the challenges that we're all facing. And right now, the step that I think we're really on is just gathering information, specific information about areas of the greatest need, where are the supply chain difficulties the strongest, uh, and then providing that information to the administration and Congress to help inform their decision making. Can you share any details about your work with the White House Infrastructure Office? So we've talked with them a few times and we're, we're continuing our dialogue with them. Really, you know, IIJ implementation is honestly, passing the bill was really just the start. Um, This is a monumental bill. Uh, It was over $500 billion in new spending. We had over $100 billion in utility-specific spending within that bill, Um, and then $110 billion for surface transportation. All of that needs to be implemented, for the most part, over a five-year period. And so the task of 
determining where that money goes is monumental in and of itself. But then we also have all of the regulatory issues around that. We have all of the issues of ensuring that there's enough, frankly, state and local staff to actually implement those dollars and direct them where they need to go. And then, of course, there are all of the challenges that the industry is already facing. You know, there are labor issues that we're dealing with. There are obviously workforce issues that we're all dealing with. Of all of the contractors I've talked to all across the country, not a single contractor member has told me that they're not having trouble finding people to work. Uh, of course, we also have the supply chain issues we've talked about. We've talked a little about inflation as well. And so all of these challenges go into implementing this, frankly, generational bill. So when we've been talking with the White House Infrastructure Office, you know, they understand some about these issues. We've provided more of our industry's perspective about them. And we want to work with the White House as best as we can uh, to ensure that our industry is going to be able to build these projects. Um, that's really what it comes down to. We want to make sure that we have the tools that we need to get the job done. There are ways that the administration can help us. And there are also some ways that, frankly, they can hinder us. And we want to make sure that they're, they're making good policy and not to be honest, kind of getting in the way here. Companies are scrambling now to meet production deadlines. What is your prediction on where this issue goes over the next six months in Washington? There's some good news here. Uh, the White House has been a little willing to look at pushing some of these timelines back. Um, they want to make sure that they have all of the information they need to properly implement things like the Buy American requirements. Uh, and so no one is really rushing into things at this point. Uh, we've successfully encouraged them to give companies the time they need to prepare to meet these requirements. I know that quite a few companies that I've spoken to are putting a lot of money and investment into American facilities to ensure that they're going to be able to meet these requirements. Um, but frankly, we need to make sure that the industry has as much time as they need to, to meet these deadlines. Um, I know that we are going to be continuing to engage with Congress and the White House on all of these issues. Frankly, a tremendous amount of information needs to be gathered and then processed and then delivered for them to process um, on everything from inflation to supply chain issues. Uh, I know that while there is some hope that the supply chain crisis in various sectors may start to solve, uh, not necessarily solve itself, but be solved by the actions of our members and the companies that they work for, um, over the next year or so, it's going to take time for that to happen. And so this is not an issue that's going to be solved in six months. Uh, this is something we're still going to be dealing with in 2023. This is something, frankly, that we're going to work with the next Congress on to make sure that, you know, the, the next few years of IIJA implementation and the broader work that our industry does uh, are not hindered by materials issues the way that they are right now. Well, we all know 2022 is election year. How is Congress responding to this issue? As of the time of this airing, we're pretty darn close to the election. Um, when August rolls around, Congress leaves town for the August recess. Uh, that is a very important time, believe it or not, for members of Congress. Um, they don't just go home and, and take a vacation for a month. In an election year, that is prime campaign season. They are going to be doing a lot of visits to areas in their district or their states. Uh, hopefully some of those are job sites visits that our chapters have organized. I know a few have them lined up for August already. If you don't, consider reaching out to your member of Congress and trying to get them to come out while they're in their district or their state. Um, but, you know, the flip side of that is when they're not in, in Washington, there's really no, not a whole lot of legislating that they're doing. And when they come back for September, September will be a very busy month legislatively. They're going to try to get a lot done. They're going to try to get a lot done in October, and then it's November, it's the campaign. 
right? Election day is fast approaching. And once that passes, they really only have about a month and a half of session before the holiday break and then the new Congress. So we're rapidly running out of legislative days here. Congress is doing what they can to consider some tweaks to the infrastructure law, maybe to do some work to address inflation. Um, but really the honest answer is, there's not a whole lot we can expect from Congress over the next few months. We here in Washington are really looking to the next Congress to take some aggressive action to tackle inflation and to ensure that the infrastructure bill has appropriate oversight to ensure that the bill is being administered in a way that is consistent with what Congress intended when they passed it. Uh, what I mean by that, when we talk about some of the materials issues, especially when we talk about labor and workforce issues and regulatory issues around things like permitting, uh, there are some areas in which the administration has maybe deviated from what Congress intended when they passed the bill. One example I want to give about that real quick, uh, specifically dialing in on permit reform. I know that's an issue that's really important to contractors. Everyone has been frustrated trying to get all of the things that need to be done to get a project uh, moving. Um, there are projects that are held up for years when really the permitting process should have been over in a few months. Uh, there was a, in the last administration, the Trump administration, there was an executive order called One Federal Decision, right? And this is a bit of an oversimplification, but the One Federal Decision policy was essentially designed to streamline it, make it so that there's one agency that's the clearinghouse responsible for coordinating all of the federal permits. And that agency has roughly a two-year deadline to ensure that the project is fully permitted. When the Biden administration came into office, one of the very first things they did was overruled that executive order. It was rescinded almost immediately. When the infrastructure bill was being negotiated, you know, it was a bipartisan bill. Both sides had to give on some things. That was one of the big asks for Republicans. They wanted to see the one federal decision policy codified. Well, that did make it into the final bill. We worked with, with some of the House and Senate Republicans to ensure that that was signed into law alongside the rest of the bill. The first deadline for implementation for one federal decision comes in January of this year, 2022, and it goes without any acknowledgement from the administration, any signs towards the implementation. It's just completely ignored. And we've seen several other documents come out on project implementation from the administration since then, and there has been nary a peep about one federal decision. So that's just one example of a policy that the administration clearly doesn't like, but is required by the law where they've chosen to go in a different direction. And we've, we're seeing that some with some of the materials issues where they've taken by American requirements and they've perhaps gone a little farther than some of our members might like. Um, I know one area of concern is ensuring that for products that truly are not made in this country and manufacturers have not yet either been able to set up a process for manufacturing them in this country, or there are regulatory burdens that are preventing them from manufacturing them in this country. Uh, we wanna make sure that the administration doesn't go too far, not allow those products a waiver or not necessarily allow them a waiver in time and prevent projects from being constructed because of some small widget that goes into a valve um, that holds up the entire project, right? So there are a number of areas here that we're, we're working on with the administration, but none of these issues, to go back to sort of the original question, are really gonna be solved in the next six months. Uh, these are things we're going to be working on probably for the better part of the next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if I'm sitting in front of you talking about some of these same things at next year's Washington Summit in May.
Can members help you with your White House outreach? Yes, absolutely. And that's, I think, one of the most important things that members can do right now. Uh, we here at Nuka National are currently working on some additional resource packets that we're going to be sending out to some of our members over the next uh, couple of weeks or so. Um, if you haven't already received some questions from us, but you feel like you want to contribute on this issue, please reach out to us, get in touch. We would love to hear from you. Um, we received recently some questions from the Office of Management and Budget, about nine questions long, uh, that are asking what manufacturers are doing right now to meet some of these Buy American standards, what investments they're planning on making in order to meet these new standards, what are some concerns they have about some of the administration's materials requirements, um, and just general information about how products are manufactured uh, and what standards they should be subjected to, right? So there is a difference in the requirements between construction materials and manufactured products. The, the standard for, for the former is higher than the standard for the latter in terms of what percentage needs to be made in the United States. Um, and there's also a question of how do you define that percentage, right? Uh, the general list of questions, as I said, it's about nine long. Um, we're happy to share those with anyone who's interested in contributing to that. Uh, we're gonna, a lot of you may have already seen these, um, what we need is answers to those questions, but we also need, more generally speaking, uh, just information on the difficulties that you're facing. And this, in particular, um, is a good question for a lot of contractors. We need to know about materials pricing and how inflation is affecting your industry right now. Uh, we need to know about how supply chain difficulties are preventing projects from being built. Uh, we also need to know about how labor issues and workforce issues, as well as broader regulatory issues, are directly impacting your projects. The concern that I have sitting in Washington watching the administration try to implement the infrastructure bill is that, frankly, one, the money is not going to go as far as it was when this bill was originally passed, right? And that's largely due to inflation and materials issues. But two, there are going to be a lot of projects where our members are simply not going to either want to bid or be able to bid because of the difficulties they're currently facing. You know, be that either because of the price of materials having gone up to the point where they can't be confident that they're not going to lose money on the job, or two, the regulatory burdens imposed by the administration or state or local governments is such that they either cannot bid on the job due to labor restrictions, or again, it does not make financial sense for them to bid on the job. We're already starting to see that in some parts of the country where major projects have received either one bid or no bids because of, again, difficulties imposed either by the economic situation or by the administration. We don't wanna be in a position where our country is going to squander a generational investment in our nation's infrastructure simply because our members aren't able to build it. Um, and it's not that our industry isn't gonna do everything in its power to get the job done, we always do. But if it doesn't make financial sense for a contractor to bid a job, or if there are regulations that are preventing them from bidding a job, these projects aren't going to get built. How can you get more involved in this act? Are there things you can do through a chapter? Yeah, absolutely. So in many ways, actually, the fight over the implementation of the infrastructure bill, it's not so much at the federal level now as it is going to be at the state and local levels. Uh, the thing about the infrastructure bill, most of the way that it's structured is that money is distributed by way of direct grants to states, who then in turn will dole it out to the localities underneath them. Um, and so when we talk about restrictions on, on projects or about what projects are going to get done, uh, a lot of that, those decisions are being made at the state and local level. Um, I think one of the most important things that a member can do right now if they want to see this bill succeed, and I think we all do, 
is to get involved with your chapter. If you don't already have a chapter government relations committee, consider setting one up. Uh, start getting involved with your state lawmakers. Make sure you know who your state representatives and senators are, um, or in the case of Nebraska, just your state senator. Um, and then uh, talk to your local officials, talk to your town planning councils. Um, if you're doing broadband work, find out who your state broadband coordinator is and make sure that they know your name. Just start talking to folks at these levels, find out what these local issues are, bring them to your chapters and start getting involved there. Uh, I think that's gonna make a tremendous difference in how successful this bill is and, and how our members are able to carry out the work that's gonna come out of this, again, generational investment in our country's infrastructure. Thank you, Zach, for your time today to help keep our members in the loop. You know we'll have you back in the podcast later this year. Looking forward to it, Bob. Thanks for having me. Zach writes the government affairs column Inside Washington for NUCA's membership magazine, Utility Contractor. If you have a question about our government affairs program and what we've talked about today, or to let him know about your own supply chain observations, email him at zackp, Z-A-C-K-P, at nuka.com. Next month, our Dig This staff is looking at a discussion with one of our chapters about Dozer Days, part of our chapter's workforce development events. We're also going to be discussing another interesting segment about Nuka and the utility construction industry that, to be honest, I haven't decided on yet. We have so many topics to choose from in this industry, from new members to well-established chapters, to what's next in D.C., industry movers and shakers, and what's coming up in 2023 for Nuka and our members. I also rely upon our members for topic choices. What would you like to hear? We're always looking for your thoughts and feedback about our podcast, so you have some topic suggestions you'd like to see us cover and dig this, please send them to Zach or me at nuka at nuka.com. And that wraps up our sixth podcast, Zach. We did it once again, Bob. Thanks for your time today to listen to Dig This, Nuka's official broadcast to our membership. Remember, safety first, always in our work. <laughs> <laughs>